Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special edition episode of the Cathedral of Sport podcast, hosted by just me, Ash. There's no Rev, no Gav or David tonight, folks. You'll hear from them in the coming episodes. Guys, today, I'm delighted to have on the show Muay Thai K1 fighter and gold medalist for England in the 2017 ICO World Championships, Andrew Sketchward. Andrew, it's been a long time, mate. It's been 16 and a half years since the last time I saw you and spoke to you properly. Aside from what we're going to speak about in the show, how have you been? What have you done? What have you done around everything? Oh, mate, yeah, Ash, it's been a, it's been a hot minute, hasn't it? It's it's good <laughs> to hear from you, mate. It's good for sixteen and a half years. Jeez, I mean, it kind of feels a bit like yesterday because I do I do keep up with you on on the old Facebook and stuff. So, yeah, I might not comment all the time, but at least I pay attention. But um, yeah, what <laughs> I've been doing, I've uh, I've got married, I've had two kids. Um, I work in technology, so you know, I pretty much I remained a geek ever since school. So yeah, <laughs> remember our school days. I mean, we weren't. I mean, I knew you. You're in my year at school. Um, well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like close friends or, or anything like that because we we're in like sort of different different faculties, as they called it, and stuff. That everyone had their own little had their own little group sort of thing. Um, yeah. and I probably and I probably irritated the. Uh, Irritated the hell out of you when I did speak to you like I did everyone else, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I'm still like that now, by the way, so nothing's changed. Um, but yeah, I'm the same. I've got Mrs. Fiance, kids, you know, growing up, really, growing up. Right, Andrew, mm-hmm. let's get into it, mate. I mean, firstly, I mean, Muay Thai K1, it's not one of those sports that's that's in the mainstream, is it? It's... It's, it's not your boxing. It's not got the Sky Sports deal and, you know, or, or it's unlike Taekwondo, which is at the Olympics and stuff like that. Can you just explain to our listeners what, what Muay Thai is and what, what, K, what K1 is? Just basic stuff just so the listeners understand. Yeah, I mean, you said it right there. It's not a mainstream sport, especially in the UK. But based on its name, I mean, it's massive in Thailand. If anything, it is, it's the national sport in Thailand. Um the best way to describe Muay Thai is like the, they call it like the science of eight. So it's eight limbs or or eight appendages. You've obviously got punches, kicks, knees, um, elbows. So essentially, you've got eight weapons. Uh, K one's a little bit different in that the rules are a little bit uh, reduced. You don't you don't necessarily have elbows, possibly not knees. It depends on the exact discipline. Um, K one's a bit more westernized and also. Um, it's kind of like a, a go-between between like knockdown karate and also kickboxing and tie boxing to, to kind of give more of an acceptable middle ground so that the sport can grow. Um, yeah. yeah, you've probably heard of uh, competitions like uh, Glory, which is, is quite big, especially in the Netherlands. Um, there is one group that is on a massive rise now called the One Championship. Um, if you've not heard of it, uh, it's just a free app that you can download. You probably see adverts on Facebook, and then effectively, it looks like you're in an octagon, very much like UFC or MMA. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. If, if people are still a little bit unsure about what Muay Thai is or K1 is, it's basically the stand-up that's in MMA. You know, in Bellator, in UFC, it basically is a stand-up of that. Yeah, but a bit more advanced. So yeah, there you go, folks. 
Andrew, why why did you get into the sport? I mean, you started late. You, you got mm. into the sport late. I mean, you weren't doing it from, I don't remember from school that you were ever involved no. in it. So, so what was your decision to get involved in combat, combat sport, uh, especially at, at the level that you got to as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I... I do you know what? I just love fighting. I know that sounds really <laughs> mental. But I think, like, when, um, obviously, when we were at school, you know, I used to get in trouble. Used to, used to get in your fights. I've, I've been kicked out. But, you know, I never really did a lot. But when I was a lot younger, um, I did karate up until until brown belt level down in Fortin Heath. Um, so I did karate for a very, very young age. Wanted to do things like taekwondo fully. I did a little bit of that. Um, all whilst we were at school, uh, no one really knew. I just, you know, entered in competitions and so on. And yeah. then, you know, as you got older, I go to college, get fat, all that stuff, you know, become an adult. Um, then one day, I think, I just thought, you know what, I want to do it again. And, you know, what, what was interesting is we we went to Egypt, me and my now wife went to Egypt in 2014 on one of our good friend's honeymoons. And wow. a lot of the local residents at the resort were were training and 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 kicking pads in the gym because at the time I was you know trying to get hench I was you know doing what most people do summer ready and stuff right and I was like what is that and they're like it's more tired then I just basically spent the entire holiday watching YouTube videos watching everything and I was like I, right I want to do this this makes sense this is just pure bread fighting I want to do it um and then when I got back pretty much um forgot about it and then saw someone training in my local gym. He was doing some shadow sparring. I thought, oh, that looks a bit like what I've seen. Asked him. He brought me a flyer the following day. Pretty much the rest is history. I joined the gym pretty much after that, after they obviously sussed me out and made sure I was obviously made of the right stuff to at least train there. And yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, going back to what you said about, you know, <laughs> liking a good fight and all that, it, it's... It, it's better to do it in a controlled environment. If that's something that you like doing, it's better mm. to do it in a controlled environment and actually earn honours for it instead of doing it in a pub or on the street and, and making an idiot <laughs> of yourself, you know? And it's, it's yeah. and actually do it as a sport. So, yeah, I can I can I can understand why you went into it. So, t- talk talk to us, Andrew, about the about the gym you went to. What 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 gym did you join? And and you know what was it what was it like when you first walked in there? You know, did they take to you very well? Did you make did you make any new friends? And and because I know I've been into a boxing gym before. And it's quite daunting for me. I mean, I stepped into a boxing gym when I was 21. And uh, I remember walking in and everyone just like, just stood back like, and just stared at me like <laughs> good few seconds. I was like, oh God, I have to prove myself here to all these boys, you know? So was yeah. it was it like that? Or was it, you know, do they just like get on with their own work and, and you just sort of blended in naturally? Well, yeah, you know what? It was... It, it was all right, actually. And um, so I basically pretty much went there. I was told to first first two sessions, I'll just watch just to make sure it's definitely something I wanted to do. And then I was advised to, you know, bring some shorts um, and basically I'd borrow some gloves that they had, etc. and pretty much get stuck in. I mean, I was on the bag for a bit. In terms of the atmosphere, um, it was it was all right, actually, because every, everyone was just so friendly, even though a lot of people are looking and thinking, mate, all of you are just freaking ripped and chilling. <laughs> and I thought, I'm just going to get hurt here. But everyone, no one had an ego. Like, 
And that's not even an exaggeration. Nobody had an ego. And that was just to the testament of obviously the gym leaders and the leadership because the gym itself is off the beaten track. Like you have to know where you're going to find it. You you yeah. literally can't just walk off the street. It's it um if anything, it's just off the motorway behind a petrol station in in a sort of in an area in Kent, pretty much, where you just unless you know it's there, you don't you you won't know. Um and yeah, there are a few people staring when I was training, but more because of my size because I'm, I'm quite tall and at the time I was hitting the weights a lot so I was I was quite stocky bit, a bit of a belly but I was quite stocky so it's more like oh geez this guy's this guy's quite big and obviously you know when you first walk in and you're doing stuff you think yeah you've got to try and prove yourself and you go a bit too hard a bit too fast and everyone's pretty much like you know you're gonna you're gonna need to slow down mate you don't need to impress us it is what it is and then pretty much mate I've made a second family. I tell you what, like yeah. all, all the guys down there are sound, and the girls as well. The girls will beat you up. Jeez, they will. Beat you up. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine, mate. I mean, oh, I, I don't, I don't think I'd have, I'd have the balls to do Muay Thai, to be honest. Um, what, what was the gym called? Where, where, whereabouts exactly in Kent is it? Yeah, they're, um, they're called the Warriors Gym. So they, they actually, they were established in Eltham back in 1992. Um, but they're now they're now located in Dargate. I mean, I'm, I'm I live in Home Bay. I live in that area, and actually, um, the founder he obviously he moved to the area as well uh, quite a few years ago. Exactly when I don't know, and they they sort of had a rented space before, and now they've got an established uh, gym there. So it's um, it's in Dargate. So I don't know if anybody knows the stretch between um, sort of Home Bay or Whitstable and, and Faversham. It's it's in between there, and okay. yeah, I mean. A That's little bit more about... Nice part of the world. Yeah, it's good, mate. It is nice. Nice bucket yeah. and spade place, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> it's good for the kids. Um, so talk about your, your, your sort of training preparations and what you went through in training and your sparring as well, because you got, I remember you from school. You're quite a big lad. About the same, about 6'4", are you? 6'3", 6'4", something like that? 6'3", 6'3", yeah. Yeah, so about the same height as me. Quite, as I said, quite built. Um... What, what was it like sparring? You know, as you said, you said to me before when I, when, I, when we did our little um, chat before about, about coming on the show, you said you, you sparred with, with, with guys that are a lot smaller than you. Did they feel like themselves that they had something to prove against you? Did they spar harder when it came to your turn in the ring? Or did it was it just like a normal sparring as, but, you know, did little man syndrome come out at all and everyone wanted to prove themselves against you eventually? even though you want to prove yourselves against, you know, prove yourself when you first walked into the gym. Yeah, do you know what? It, yeah, it was a bit cordial at first. It was all nicey-nice, tappy-tap. Obviously, when I was allowed to spar, so it's the other thing as well. They don't just throw you in. They make sure they gauge your ability, make sure you're actually able to do it before you get in. That's just one just one thing about that, that gym as well. Um, they don't just throw you in and take your money. It's not like that. Um, yeah, no, it was cordial at first, getting me used to it and so on, and... Obviously, I had to temper my power because generally, obviously, I was quite bigger. But to answer your question, no, most of them pretty much saw me as a heavy bag, mate. I swear. It's um, generally <laughs> because they try, because they have to get into the distance quicker, you know, into my distance so they can throw their shots. So, obviously, they have to be faster. Generally, with speed, adds to the power. So, even those shots that may not necessarily be intended to be super hard, sometimes were. But you know what? I loved it. Like as I said earlier on in the podcast, I just like fighting. So if, if it yeah. means I get a good old 
square kick in the face or a punch. It is what it is. I'm returning. It's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I can, I can imagine. That. See, when I was in the boxing gym, I'm going to say my listeners here are going to think I'm a bit of a. Um, but I, I, when I when it came to me spying, I, I didn't mind getting a few jabs in and stuff like that. As soon as I got hit, I, I didn't like it. I was like, kind of like <laughs> the gloves went up, and I sort of like went on the back foot and sort of like trying to dance around the ring for a bit. And you know, <laughs> yeah. you've really got to have that that confidence and, and self belief and to, to and, and balls to do that, mate. So so fair play here. Now. How long were you you training and sparring before your first fight? Um, the first, so there are a few there are a few types of fights you have. Well, two different types. You have a full decision fight, and then you have a, a non a no contest fight. So effectively, there's there's no true winner. I mean, you do get points scored, but no one leaves the ring a winner or a loser. Um, my first actual decision fight uh, was two years later. And actually, in in hometown, so down in Herne Bay, on our on our show, because the gym does sometimes put on shows and invites other people in from around the country. We're talking like super famous members of of the Muay Thai and K1 um, sort of, uh, I guess, sporting area, like people that have achieved so much more than I ever will. Um, and yeah, so that was my first one. I mean, but the non-decision ones, I think, I think, I think it was probably nearly a year. Or just under um, from from sparring, and that was really more okay. We've got these shows; they, they're kind of like shengos or interclubs where people. It's like on like very much like on the amateur boxing circuit where you go around and you have multiple spars such fights a day with people you don't know. You just get thrown in a weight category that you fit yeah. in, and then you just you just have it pretty much. Um, that's where you learn. You temper yourself a bit, but that's. That's kind of how it goes, really. With that, yeah, I think that that's that that happens in the same as am- amateur boxing as well. There's, it's a sort of you're in a weight category and you turn up on the day at, a, at an amateur, an amateur tournament or or whatever, and they they'll match you against someone maybe even the day before or something like that. On the day, mm. on the day of the fight, what you know, I want to know what you go through. I want to know what's in your head. Are there any nerves? Any any butterflies in your stomach? What were you thinking to get yourself in? you know, in the mode to get in there? Because it's, it's different from the gym. I mean, you can spar rounds and rounds and rounds in the gym. But when it, when you're under the lights, completely different kettle of fish, eh? Yeah, yeah. You can you can definitely be a gym buddy or a gym warrior, can't you? Yeah. Um, do you know what? I think you, I learned about myself, especially in the first fight. So my first decision fight, I lost, yeah? And that was on home ground. You know, I invited people in. Uh, sold a few tickets, yeah, under the hot lights and that stuff. Yeah, there, there's nerves, there's butterflies. I gave the DJ the wrong CD that I wanted. I wanted a specific song. I had a different one when I was coming out. I, was, I let that get to me, but also I didn't really prepare for that fight very well. Um, and I'll, I'll go into that in a bit. Um, but yeah, how it, how it how it felt? It it felt like literally the entire building was on my shoulders that first time. But I, yeah. I felt it felt really heavy, even though leading up to it, as in throughout the day, you know, I, um, at the time I only had one daughter at the time, and I obviously was ignoring my phone because you know, you know, you know, as the other halves are like, they don't even want you fighting; they're worried oh, cool. for you. So I just ignored my phone, um, and I was just, I was just thinking, it's no different from sparring; it's no different from the interclubs. 
just go in there and have it pretty much yeah. um and obviously where i'm where i'm in the heavyweight category so 95 kilograms to between 95 and 110 over 110 is um super heavyweight uh which is what like aj and fury are in um in actual boxing yeah. so my category compared to boxing could potentially be cruiserweight if you think of it that way but with with muay thai because everyone generally is a lot lighter the weights are balanced out that way mm-hmm. um and yeah i just i just had it in my head that one punch can can end it one kick can end it because everyone hits heavy in my division and it's just yeah. it, it was a bit nerve-wracking at first yeah i can yeah. imagine um i mean i watched uh Watched a couple of your fights on on the YouTube and the ring announcer announces Andrew Sketch Ward. Now tell the listeners how you got the nickname Sketch. Do you know what that? So that came back from. Do you remember? Uh, you know, obviously a mutual friend of ours, um, Dan Dan Hartnell Dizzle, as he as he likes to be called, right? He'll love he getting a mention now. Watch his watch his head inflate a thousand <laughs> times now. He's got a mention on. <laughs> he uh, he he gave me that name back in um back the very last uh, last couple of years of secondary school, um obviously where we were in the GCSE track, and also throughout college we both went to the same college as well. Okay. Um, and another good friend Niall as well sort of embodied that name with me as well. So pretty much from there. It's like that because I like to draw, and that's I was always known for drawing. And then they said, "That's it, your name's Sketch, done." I was like, "All right, <laughs> perfect." <laughs> it works really well as well because I saw it on your Facebook before, and I, and I, that's that's why I wanted to interview you. So I saw I saw your picture on Facebook with you the with the medal around your neck, which we'll we'll, we'll go on to later on in the show. And I'm thinking about Sketch, Sketch is that that's, is that his in ring nickname and and stuff like that. I wonder where that comes from and stuff. But yeah, mate, it all makes sense now, mate. Now. Yeah. After your first fight, leading up to the Worlds, mm. did you have many more fights before that, before the World Championships? Yeah, I had I had a couple of sort of uh, I, I had a couple more interclubs, so like open air Thai festivals and various other things. Again, where you go against other gyms, don't know who you're fighting, and you basically go as hard as you need to until the ref tells you to kind of calm it down a little bit in front of public. Um, I had, uh, you know, I touched earlier on about slight lack of discipline. Uh, I had a couple of fights which didn't go through purely because um, obviously I wasn't as disciplined as I, as I should have been. And actually, the you know, the gym, the instructors, they're like, look, we're, we're pulling you out. You ain't ready. And and that's the great thing as well. I'd like to flip back onto, onto my gym and my second family is that, they care about you 100%. They're not just going to throw you in because you say you want to lace up some gloves and fight. Like, literally, you have to prove it in your effort in the gym. And then they go, do you know what? Okay, we're ready to match you. Um, but, yeah, uh, no, yeah, that, that was it. And then in 2017, came the Worlds, came the opportunity to go to the Worlds, really, in Birmingham. Wow. Um, you, did you fancy your chances at the start? Did you... Did you go into the world's thing? Is this too big for me? Is this too big a stage for me? Or did you have that confidence going and think, you know, I'm I'm doing this, I'm going to take it. Um, this this gold medal's mine. You know, and talk us about your fights as well. Talk us about the the whole competition. Yeah, you know what? So, um, so how it all boiled down is like that they, they were obviously putting together an England squad. So anybody knows about about the you know the ICL World Cup and a lot of the a lot of the pro amateur um, scene in Muay Thai, you find that. 
it's country against country. So each, each weight class will have a competitor from different countries. Um, mm -hmm. And at the England squad that was, we were, the England squad was represented by, I believe, at least two gyms. It was ours and another gym called Naksu up in, um, up in Northamptonshire. And so essentially three, three from us, the Warriors, um, and I believe four from them. And pretty much we, we went up there. I think, to, you know what? When I got asked, do you want to take part? I was like, yeah. I, I literally couldn't have said yes quick enough. Yeah. Did I think, was I, was I good enough? No, I, I didn't even think that. I was like, right, when is it? When does fight camp start? I'm going to win. Like, that's, that's all I kept on thinking of. And it was mainly because I was fueled by the, the missed opportunities where I wasn't as disciplined as I should be because, you know, life got in the way and I didn't take it as serious. And mm. also my first proper in-ring loss, I was like, no, I've got something to prove. And I, am, I believe that I was, I was good for my level. So, yeah, I, so I had no regrets. The World Championships were held in Birmingham. Yeah. Okay. Did you have to spend time away from your family or did you just, you know, commute up for the for the tournament? And, you know, because it must be hard for a fighter to be away from their family. It's a, it's a, it's a lonely place. Hmm. You know what? Yeah. So it was, it was held over a couple of days, but we we only went up for for the K1 portion of it because of of exactly how we were matched up. So, yeah, yeah I spent some time away. Yeah, we went up. We went up the night before. So the day before, very early morning. Um, and the drive up was quite interesting. You know, I, I was in the car with uh, with Jake and John. So I sent you a picture of the three of us, like myself, Jimmy and Jake, all three yeah. of us from the Warriors, all won golds in our respective categories on the same day. Uh, I went up with Jake and his dad, John, that day. And I was like, oh, have I made weight? Have I made weight? Like last night, I was I was below weight. In the morning, I was on weight. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. But then I was thinking everybody's scales different. I was sitting there panicking on the way up, thinking, oh, it's bad. got there, got early morning weigh-in. I was over by two kilograms, wasn't I? So basically, I, I almost didn't qualify to, to even fight the following day. Um, wow. And so I had to spend hours in a sauna, in, a, in my tracks, in, in two or three of my tracksuits, skipping Oof. all sorts to try and make the weight. And, you know, Jake and everybody else, Jimmy especially, shout out to Jimmy, he helped me cut weight. Um, and I managed to get it. Literally, I was standing nearly naked on the scales. I was even contemplating cutting my hair because obviously when you're wet, your hair's wet, it adds weight, right? Yeah. I was toweling down my chest hair, all sorts. Um, and yeah, made that weight. Uh, stayed away. Yeah, I, I did stay the night before um, uh, just, just so that we can get our heads right. After the weigh-in, we can rehydrate, have a team meal, be relaxed for the following day which was the, well, our tournament day. Did you feel drained on the day of the tournament? Even Because I know in, 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 other, in other combat sports where people have to shed loads before, before the weigh-in and it, it can affect their performance the next evening, even though they've put, you know, kind of put the weight back on, it, it, still, it still puts stress and strain on your body when mm. you, you, have to, you have to shed that much weight be before a fight. Did that have any effect? I mean... Tell us who your first fight was against. Did that have any effect on you in your first fight at all? You know what? No, no, it didn't. Um, uh, a little bit about the weight cutting stuff. I mean, the thing is, what what we see in in the media with you know with a lot of fighters cutting weight drastically before, that's just mental. That that is irresponsible. 
And you're right, it does have a massive toll on your body. I mean, even if you rehydrate it very quickly, it does screw your brain up. You know, lack of oxygen, lack of water to the brain, you know, a few hits to your head, it, it can it can induce concussions quicker than if you actually were fully hydrated. Um, yeah. My weight part wasn't drastic, which was great. You know, I didn't have to sit in a bath salts or anything like that or sit under hot towels in a sauna, which was great. Um, but that was definitely a lesson learned. Um, you know what was interesting as well on that day? Uh, the first fight didn't actually end up happening. Um, one person like me basically missed the weight completely, um, as in, but couldn't get it down. So I only actually, you know, I guess a stroke of luck, was able to pull it all into one fight, which was nice for me. Um, but I was ready to go because we basically had we had three uh, two fight eliminators. So I was ready to do both two, but yeah, you know, them's the breaks. If they don't weigh in, they don't weigh in. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't feel drained. I actually felt energized. I felt healthy. You know, I, I had a I had a six pack for you know first time in freaking twenty years. You know, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I can't get one, mate. I've tried. <laughs> but um, so so, who did you come up against? Um, names, where they were from, etc. Mm. How the fights went. You know, so what, what what was the crowd there as well? I mean, there must have been a. Been a been a sizable crowd there. Being the worlds, I would have been, I would have been petrified. You know, it was interesting because you, you go you go up because it was in one of the, one of the Birmingham leisure centres. I forget the name, right? You go in, it looks like a normal gym. You're like, all right, okay. There's going to be what maybe one ring, maybe two rings, and some spectators and some flags. You go in and you go and and it, this thing's this place was massive. Like there was easily because there were multiple disciplines as well. There were like people doing like catters for other martial arts as well. So they, they had the best to build it in. There was easily a good about three, 4,000 people there. Spectating. Wow. And then, and plus the people competing. Um, I think, yeah, who, who that, oh, what was his name? Oh, I think his name was Patrick. I forget his name. I want to call it, his, 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 his nickname was Hawk or Hawkins. I want to call him Patrick Hawkins, but that's not right. He, he was, uh, he's a New Zealand um, he, he was a New Zealand star pretty much in, in terms of like he's a local hero over there he, yeah. he's taken part in many many competitions like uh, K1 Muay Thai mainly K1 um, he also is a, was an instructor for the gym that they were representing as well um, he was an older fella i.e. he was a few he was three years older than me but you know even I'm considered an older guy as well um, and yeah he was I think about six foot one, well built, um, mm. and had heavy hands. Really, it was. How did you come yeah. through that? Do you know what it was? It was fun. <laughs> it was fun because <laughs> uh, you had because um, being around in the circuit and 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 following a lot of my gym colleagues and going to many fights, many many fights, a lot of ones I spectated at you started to see a lot of the judges, ring announcers and stuff. And leading up to it, you kind of went, all right, how you doing, whatever. And, and you're seeing them just kind of just getting into the mode. And that kind of relaxed me a bit because I was thinking, well, I know a few people, but also I know no one apart from my gym colleagues and, and the other the other gym from Natsu. So in a way, because I knew no one, I had no nerves. No one was watching me. It was just another day at the office, effectively. Um, the fight itself, mate, that was... That was literally the funniest and the most symbolic thing ever, right? So my category gets announced, go down to the, the bottom ring. Um, 
ready to to get in and and then obviously they announcing it and they didn't want to get in they were supposed to get in first but they didn't get in i was like all right whatever i just thought cool let me put on my gloves um jimmy was in the in, by my side as well because he was also fighting the same ring so he was on the other side his fight was next his girlfriend amy was there shout out to amy as well uh she's she's a wbc muay thai champion mate look, my gym is full of champions i'm telling you this now wow. uh, amazing amazing gym amazing gym um and yeah so i get in and then next thing you hear is Ooh. like as in and I, I can't i can't imitate and i'm not going to try and disrespect him by doing it but all i hear is the hacker literally wow. like, like all, all all of the like as in what? like li- all of his teammates all in the new zealand jersey so you obviously you saw the picture of the england jer- the england trap suit that all people from england had to wear right yeah. You, you had the New Zealand ones, which were, you know, black and silver, very much like the All Blacks uh, rugby kit kind of thing, right? On the outside, just going ham, like the girls, the guys, and he was just standing there pacing up and down and then doing the call. And then they, and then he got into the ring and he was still doing it and he was in front of me and I was just standing there. I, 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 like, it was, it was exhilarating, but also I was like, you have just messed up. Like, I, I literally, I was just like, I was just smiling, I was thinking, all right, it's time for what? Let's have it. <laughs> was it like, so like a hacker, a hacker type thing that that was going on. Yeah, yeah. They they performed the hacker right in front of me um, to spite to 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 rile him up, probably to scare me. But I was like, yep, I uh, love this. Um, and I I did my own little dance in re- you know in in return a little bit. But um, I was like, <laughs> cool, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did it go? How did you get through it? Um, it was, uh, you know, the, it, it was three. So um, it, it, was, it was three rounds. The first, the first one, tiny bit nervous, as in I was, I was I had nervous energy. I wanted to get things off. I wanted to. My mind, I was like, I wanted to end it quick. Um, made a few mistakes, gave a few tells, um, and pretty much just did round by rounds. Uh, yeah, it was. You know, I was just controlling the pace. A few mistakes where he got me, um, caught me dipping down, almost knee me to the head. Luckily, got out of the way of that, staggered away. Uh, this is like in the final round. Um, but the last part of the round, I was blown a little bit, um, especially being sort of a bigger guy. And also just the fact that all eyes were on the ring. I had, you know, the support from around there as well. And, you know, I could hear, I could hear sort of Charlie, one of the, um, one of the instructors, he's, he's the son of the main owner, he just went, do it for your girls. That was it. I was like, right. And then, and yeah, and pretty much just dominated, dominated the remaining rounds. Um, I still wasn't sure if I'd won. And then when they pretty much announced it, my hand got raised and I was like, I can't believe this. I could believe it, but I was like, I won. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it didn't hurt you at all. So you've come out. You come out of that one pretty much unscathed. Uh, I accidentally hurt myself actually. So I am um, on. I actually kicked. I, I went, went to kick his um, his his upper thigh with my with my left foot. So lead leg kick. Um, yeah. He he actually tried to teep, so do a front kick, but also raised it back out for a block. And even though I'd seen it, I carried on committing. But I also also pulled back a little bit, thinking. I should just retract and got the top part of my, my foot 
crashed straight into his knee. And in the middle of the fight, I wasn't, I didn't feel it. But afterwards, I was walking like I was Frankenstein. I had a lead foot. I was in pain when yeah. the fight finished. Uh, but no, no, he did he hurt me? No, he didn't. I hurt him though. I made, I, I drew blood, all sorts. And actually, you weren't weren't really supposed to draw blood because it's where it's pro am. They kind of don't like blood being drawn. But yeah, yeah. the ref never told me off, so it was what it was. That wasn't the gold medal match. That was just before. Okay. No, no, that, that, that was the gold medal match. That Sorry, Ash. No. Match. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That was the gold medal match. Now, yeah, yeah. I've got a question from uh, Aaron Fraser uh, here in Edinburgh in Scotland. Simple one, mate. What was the feeling like? What 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 it was your emotions? What came over you when when your hand was raised? I mean, that's a huge achievement. Winning gold medal for your country, winning the worlds. I mean, that's stuff stuff kids dream of when they when they're growing up. You getting into the sport as well, you know, in your twenties. Yeah. You know, not because you you learn to me, especially with things like that's why I struggle with boxing a lot. And you know, you got you got to start sports when you're young because it gets your footwork. You get you know your your coordination skills. That's a lot harder to do when you mm. when you come into the game late, unless you're a hundred and ten percent dedicated mm. to craft. And that's what you must have been. So to achieve that, mate, I tell you what, hats off for you for coming. Someone coming into the sport late and doing that. Um, it's a fantastic achievement, but what what came over you, mate? What what, what did you? What was the first thing you wanted to do? The fir- the first thing I wanted to do was basically support Jimmy because his fight was next. Literally, it was a guy out of the ring. Um, the the New Zealand guys and girls that were supporting uh, Patrick were like, "Oh yeah, well done." I was like, "Yeah, anyway, whatever." I was like, "Jimmy, let's go!" Like I was I was focused. We were focused on supporting him. Right, I wasn't paying that much attention, but it didn't hit me until. Probably until when I got my certificate and I got called out to go up on the podium and Patrick was next to me and we were like, yeah, he was like, you know, well done. Blah, 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 blah. And then I was in the car on the way home and I thought, I, might, I need to call, I might as well call the wife. Well, she wasn't the wife at the time, but I might as well call her and, and, and say we're on our way. Because she was texting me going, so when are you coming home? You know, classic man thing where you don't tell, you don't tell him anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, I won won the gold and you know my daughter Lucy she was like oh yeah well done you know screaming and oh, that was wow. all good but I only felt it on the drive home basically I didn't I didn't really feel it before it was just it's, it's weird it was it, I didn't feel it because I, I don't know it, we, we we were all in it trying to support everybody else I mean the, the other gym you know Natsu they, they had gold medalists as well a couple of silvers like we were all there supporting each other and I think it only really came over me when it was like Time to go home. I was like, "Holy hell, <laughs> I won the gold, <laughs> <laughs> mate!" It's a, it's it's something else, and you're a better man than me. Put it that way, pal. For even for even doing that. Now, what, what was the celebrations like when you got home? What, what what did you do to celebrate? Was it just was it just chill for the family, or did you uh, organise a big one? For oh, I've, I've won a world I've won a world gold now. I've got probably a couple of months, so I'm back in the gym. Or uh, did you go back to the gym straight away? Yeah, yeah, I went back straight away. Yeah, there, there wow. was there, there's no there's no um, there's no rest because this is the thing as well, right? This is why I love the gym. They're so humbling. Obviously, I, I did my did my obligatory post on Instagram and Facebook, and you know I changed my profile picture as everyone saw, and I was like, yeah, 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 heads inflating, two hundred, three hundred likes, loving it, putting myself as the amateur world champion, all that stuff, blah blah blah, all this stuff, right? Yeah, and everyone was like, cool in it, you got a medal, let's crack on. 
And I was like, that literally, they brought me straight back down to earth and that, we carried on. And if anything... Kind of a proper gym. Exactly. And if anything, they trolled me for probably the rest of the, the rest of the year because I put up the whole, yeah, world champion or whatever. And like, yeah, see, uh, not everyone's a world champion, you know, you know. And and like when, when new people join in, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you got you got uh, Jake and Jimmy. You got you got Charlie. You got Ricky. You got them. Like, uh, oh yeah, you got Andrew. Yeah, he's everywhere. He's he's world champion, don't you know? Like literally ripping me apart every possible time. <laughs> even though, like, just, just to say, bro, you know, you, you we got to do more. You got to have more fights. Don't let it get to you. But it was all love. It was all jokes. Because I mean, I touched on it earlier on. Like, I'm surrounded by some crazy level championship like uh, people yeah. like people that have easily two 300 fights have had actual pro world and European like gone to Cancun gone to Italy taken the championship from people you know so to, to even be training amongst these guys and girls to even actually share some of the accolades that you know it's it's amazing mate it's 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 great but yeah no I trained straight away went back to it straight away and didn't stop training was no, didn't have a night out, have a, have a big gym night out. No, uh, nah, none of that. I mean, we, we we had a little Christmas gathering, but we always, we, we had that once a year and we all sort of kind of gave each other a pat on the back and all celebrated. But no, for me, I'm I'm chilled. I mean, I'm a bit hyped on this on this podcast, but um, I, I just went back, wore, I, I wore my medal the whole of next day just because I was like, yeah, this is me, this is real good, yeah. And then I just relaxed. You know, I'm not a big drinker. I, yeah, it was, it was just subdued. But that's just me all over. People who know me for how I am now, that was my celebration. Just smiling and keeping it calm. So yeah, yin to my yang power. I'd have, I'd probably have a three day bender or something. Um, did you ever get to fight fight abroad? No, 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 I didn't actually. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, it just, it didn't work out really because I was, you know, I found it quite hard juggling sort of family life and work and also having to dedicate at the gym. And and, and it always used to be, the gym always used to be like the third wheel, the secondary one. Hence me saying earlier on, I wasn't as disciplined in certain areas where I could have been. Um, I mean, to give you a bit of insight, you know, the training camps are 12 weeks, they're serious. And it's always... You're running every day. You well, you have to run every day. And then there's a there's a mandatory Sunday training session where the whole gym runs. Who are in the training session? Um, you're sparring twice a week. You're in the gym at least four, you know four to five days a week. Uh, you have personal training sessions. You know because of my work, I get up at four five o'clock in the morning, do that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 intense. You have to be dedicated, or as most people say, selfish. Because it's only you in that ring and you can't play fight sports. I mean, you, you've seen it, you know, the, well, you, you see the more high profile knockouts, especially in boxing, but also some other ones, you know, where people's head gets caved in a UFC and so on, because, you know, that just almost proves that you cannot play around in this sport. Like most sports, if you have an off night, it's what it is. This type of sport, you have an off night, you're over, you're on a stretcher or you might have a broken limb or, you know, worse, you know, or your concussion, etc. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've I was involved in many sports as a kid. I, I played football. I 
I played cricket. I, I played basketball. I was probably the best at basketball out of everything. I in my in my twenties, I did boxing. I did karate. Yeah. But I tell you what, I, I, I wish I had your dedication, mate, because it's a reason why I never got anywhere because I just didn't have that dedication. I, you know, it was like mm, train or go down a pub and watch the football, and it's just like I, I chose the latter. And kind of a little bit regret I, I I did that now, but yeah, I, I admire your dedication and you really, I mean, getting up at four or five in the morning when you've got a family, when you've got a job around it and stuff like that, um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have done it. I, I couldn't have done it at all, mate. So hats off to your pal. Now, are you still in the game? What's your fight in future? What are your plans? Is that you now or are you, are you still going to crack on and carry on? Do you want more accolades? Or? I always want I mean, you know what? I think, like we, because obviously of of uh, of the recent pandemic and so on, uh, private gyms obviously had to shut. So there was a while where basically we couldn't do anything. And even before it was reopened, I I, I was out of the gym for better, just over a year, year and a half, because I was just knuckling down at work, focusing on the family. You know, I I I didn't just do the championship and go, right, I'm done. I carried on training. And then there was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not coming as frequent. Let me just, let me just see my girls grow. Um, not to say that, that I wouldn't have done, but you know, like, so straight after work, I'll go to training and then I'll come back and maybe I might see them before bed or I'll see them the following day. And you know, you know what it's like. It's, yeah. I mean, you, you've got a little one yourself. You want to spend as much time with them as possible, but at the same time, you also know you need to commit yourself to something. Um, so I took time off. It, it hurt me a bit. And actually, anyone who's done sport, uh, I mean, you can attest to this, Ash. It changed me a bit. And obviously, you know, got a bit aggy, got a little bit, uh, wasn't able to do anything, had no outlets for a while. And then when I came back and I was, and it was good to be back. You know, it was like no, nothing had changed. You had loads of new faces, loads of great personalities, loads of great fighters that are there. I came back super overweight. Like, you know, my fighting weight is 95 kilograms. I came back at 130 kilograms. Boy, I was a big boy. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, had a few gym spas where gyms came back and I thought, All right, I'm going to prove myself. Like the, the rule, rule number one, Ash, right? Anybody who comes to your gym to spar for another gym, is you don't let them leave without making sure they remember who you are, yeah? Because yeah. they're coming into your turf. Or if you go to someone's gym, you take over their turf. That's how it is. Um, got, you might fight them in the future as well, and you don't want them, you know, you don't want them thinking they've got the upper hand already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I got, it's safe to say, I got my ass handed to me by many people. I, I, I got a few, I got a few rounds in, and I got a few, I got a few good point scores and stuff like that, but it was, that that was just proof to say I can't just take all that time off and come back like that. And then um, I was training for a while. Then pretty much the pandemic hit, and you know only recently the gyms reopened again, and I'm back in there. Uh, I'm off. I'm off at the moment because I, I had an injury last week. Um, but that's an occupational hazard. I'll be off for a week or so or two weeks. But yeah, no. To 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 not waffle on and answer your question. Um, I want to fight again. I already said to the Miss I'm going to fight and she was like, mm, okay, if you want. But I know what that means. It's, I'm going, to be, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to be insufferable for basically 12 weeks. If I get a fight, I'll be insufferable for 12 weeks. All I'll be fight, thinking about is that I'll be eating certain way. 
I'll be in and out all the time. Obviously, I'll be dealing with the, you're not home, you're never home, oh, this, the kids, that. And that that's, again, where you've got to be selfish. You've got to ignore it. You've almost not even got to let that into your mind. You've got to take the moaning, say, yes, dear, cool, dear, all right, dear. And then as long as you get past that fight, cool, come moan at me. Tell me everything you want after that. Um, do I want to fight again? Yes. Do I think I deserve to fight right now? No. But I want I want to carry on doing it. I do want to do it. Um, I just got to get myself into fighting shape. I got to get running again. I got to get eating properly. Um, I mean, that there are there are people out there that that fight into their fifties um, and close to. I mean, you know, you know, you, you probably heard of John Wayne Parr, very famous uh, K one fighter. Uh, no, the only, the only K1 longer. fighter I've heard of is Jerome LeBanner. I know who Jerome LeBanner is. All right, there we go. So, and, and as you can see, he, he, even his record, um, even his record speaks for itself. These people fighting, because there is, it isn't as prestigious as boxing and stuff. People are fighting for years and years and years, well into their 40s, early 50s. And I'm, uh, if I'm able to do it, I will do it. Obviously, I have to be ready, but yeah, I'll, I'll do it, mate. I'm, I want to. That's what I was going to ask you, Andrew. I mean, as you come into the sport late and now we're, we're hurtling towards middle age, pal. I mean, we're both <laughs> what, 33 now. Yeah. Does that, does that worry you? Does, does your metabolism slowing down, especially when you're trying to cut weight and stuff like that because of age, you know, that's going to get harder. Obviously your limbs and stuff like that. Do you, do you what does age worry you too? I know you said guys in, in Muay Thai and K1, they fight into forties and fifties and that. But because you're a big, you're a big guy, you have got a lower centre of gravity. Stuff like that it all comes into play, in my in my opinion. Is, is, yeah. that, is that going to be being a big guy going to be a hindrance with age? I mean, I go I go for a walk or run now. I did a five k the other day. I big myself up for once. Nice. Two days ago, my, my knees are still like absolutely shot to bits. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm only thirty three, so. Does that play on the back of your mind a little bit, or it, it, it doesn't enough bit. that you can, you can go into your forties and stuff like that and still compete at that level? It, yeah, it, it, you know, a little bit because obviously where you're heavier and you've got to be mobile and you've got to move, mm. you can be a little bit more prone to injury. Like you say with the whole running thing, you know, obviously it's it's not like you know as much as I'd like the training to be like Dragon Ball Z, where you're like training with a weighted vest and then suddenly you take it off and you're super quick. I kind of think, right, I'm really heavy now. If I'm running at 120 kilograms, when I get to 95 kilograms, I'll be super fast. Nope. It takes a toll on your joints, obviously movement, your flexibility. So, um, yeah, I, I do think about it, but not probably as much as I should. I think more about, um, I've got to get in shape. I've got to do, I've actually got to start running. I've got to work as hard as everyone else in the gym and harder. Um, I have to make sure I'm part of that morale in the gym to make sure, you know, if I'm slacking, you know, should I even be there? You know, um, put in 110% effort. In terms of recovery and stuff, like healing, because obviously as you get older, you, yeah, things slow down, you slow down your healing. Uh, not, not really thought about it. I kind of just assume that, I'm just going to be like Superman and I'll heal tomorrow and it'll be fine. Yeah, um, I mean, I, <laughs> I was looking into, I was looking into myself taking up, uh, taking up men's yoga or, or yeah. you know, when it's back on and taking a men's yoga. Apparently, I, I, as you know, I, well, I was a chef until I started this venture because the chef trade died 
Now, many chefs quit the industry by their, their 30s because of their joint problems and stuff like that. Now, there's a, a guy that's still at the top level of the, of the hospitality industry, and he took up yoga. And mm. he, he said he, he feels like he's 20 again. Maybe well, that might, something like that. I know, I know it's more time away from your family. Maybe you can get an app and do it at home. I don't know. Um, maybe that, something like that could prolong your career just a little bit more. It's, it's, a, it's a good shout. It's a good shout, actually. Um, I mean, stretching is a big part of it, but actually to do it to the point where you're centered about more wellness, yeah, you know what? I'll look into that. I will. Yeah, I mean, it's helped so many people. I mean, there's guys that have, you know, lived lived like hard lifestyles, you know, with the, you know with a drink and this and that, and they've they've discovered yoga in their late forties, early fifties, and as I said before, like the other guy. It, it's made them feel like they're like body wise early twenties again and stuff like that. Mentally as well, it it releases. I think I think the words endorphins mm. um, or dopamine or something like that. Now there was a I watched the watched the James English podcast with Glenn Tamplin and Glenn Tamplin. Oh, was it James English actually said to him that running produces a lot and stuff like that but yoga was the only the one that got 100% brain response receptor response endorphin and dopamine wise so it, it must it must do wonders to the body and the mind so maybe okay. something that you could uh, look into mate if you want to go into your 40s and 50s because that'll be uh, you know I'd love to have you on again for a part two for another for another gold medal story and uh, stuff yeah. like that so, you well, know yeah I know you, you're, you're doing it because you were like right so when when he comes back on then he can go, right, yeah, Ash. Yeah, that yogi told me to do it. Mate, brilliant, mate. Blinding, completely. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope I've given, I've actually given someone advice for once instead of people giving me advice all the time. <laughs> um, any adv- Look, obviously, you're a senior in the sport. Any hmm. any advice for any, any, any youngsters coming into the gym or thinking or people out there that are thinking, up, thinking of taking up Muay Thai or, or K1? And, and stepping into a gym for the first time, what what would be your best advice for them? My best advice is just just pick up the just literally walk in and have a go. And I must admit, it obviously varies from gym to gym, and a lot of people who who obviously do partake in a sport will know what I'm saying in that, you know. The attitude's got to be right for you. But I say just just take it up. Have no fear. Start young if you can. Um, and go as far as you need. Um, and, yeah, just enjoy yourself. Seriously, enjoy yourself because you can have a lot of fun. And, and a lot of people from the outside think, oh, it's just people gamping in, just punching and kicking or whatever. No, nah, do you know what? It's a thinking sport. You know, you really use your brain. You think of tactics and it's, yeah, just enjoy yourself, be humble, uh, treat everyone as you want to be treated, always be willing to learn and, again, enjoy yourself. Yeah, there we go. World champion of spoken, folks. Now, Jamie Mack from Edinburgh in Scotland has uh, asked a couple of people if they wanted to write any questions in earlier and he's uh, suggested that that me and you do a Muay Thai charity match against each other mate absolutely no chance <laughs> <laughs> not a not a hope in hell you couldn't pay me enough Jamie you know. anyway. <laughs> Andrew do you know what, 
Do you know what, Jamie? I love the idea of that. Do it, mate. I, I want to... Do you know what? Catch me now while I'm overweight and slipping. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, then. Let's, let's, let's do it. I'm, Absolutely I'm up for... not. I don't... I don't it, no, it's talking about me and you, not him and you. No, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm in absolutely no way, mate. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all right. <laughs> I watch you fight someone else, have a beer at ringside or something like that. Um, <laughs> Andrew, mate, it's it's been a a great catch up. I've loved hearing your story. I'm sure our listeners will love hearing it as well. Um, it's been a fantastic conversation, informative, and what a journey. I mean. Mm. We're going to wrap the show up here, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. And I really hope there is a part two because I'm now, I'm now going to be watching your career closely. I want you to get back. Hey, I want, I want, I want you out there again. You know, I'm rooting for you. And, and I'm sure everyone that's listened to this would be as well. Guys, we're back this week with the F1 show on Sunday. Next week, we're interviewing Chick Cocky Knight's great nephew. Uh, he's got a book out soon called London's Lovable Villain about his great uncle who was a wrestler in the 30s and fought for the British heavyweight title. We've also got the football show next week and we've got an American sports show as well coming to you. In the future as well, going forward, we're interviewing Muscleboro Athletic Chairman Carl Cleghorn. We've also got a famous boxer coming on soon. We could have two coming on soon. I'm just waiting for one of them to come back with me on a date. So there's plenty going on. Guys, we're on all the channels, Twitter, at Cathedral underscore sport. We're on Facebook, Cathedral of Sport. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor Podcast. Just type in Cathedral of Sport. You'll find us straight away. Follow us and get listened. Andrew, again, mate, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for talking to me tonight. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. hope Hope you and the family keep well, buddy. Yeah, same to you. And you know what? You and I definitely have to go for a drink or a social once this is all done. Definitely, mate. Yeah, uh, I, I, I will hold you to that, buddy. Um, I'm going to try and get down to England at some point. I mean, it's a bit hard at the minute obviously, well, with, with family and stuff like that. And, you know, this whole COVID restrictions and then the government playing whack-a-mole every time a, a new few cases come up. Oh, so yeah. I, I, can't <laughs> predict, I can't predict a week in advance at the moment. So let alone that. Mate, as soon as things are back to normal and stuff like that and I can travel freely without any any of this nonsense going on, then I'll definitely hit you up, buddy, and uh, give you a message and we'll go. I'll come to Herne Bay, nice part of the world. Sit by the yeah, coast and drink. Andrew, right. thank you, mate. Cheers, take Ash. care of yourself, take care of the family, and uh, I'll see you soon. Cheers, buddy. Bye. 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 <laughs>